to Innovating Humanity, the official podcast for Birmingham Tech. I'm Jude Jennison, the host of this podcast, and I'm the founder of Leaders by Nature, a leadership and team development company. I work with senior leadership teams to help them align through behavioural change. In this podcast, we'll be exploring the intersection between technology, humanity and leadership and looking at how we use technology to be more human and increase emotional connection and enhance the way that we live and work. I'll be interviewing leaders from technology businesses who are at the forefront of changing how we live and work. You will not want to miss this. Some of the conversations have been enlightening and inspiring and I hope you enjoy them as much as I have done. Oyen Kansola Adebayi is the founder of Nio Enterprise. Her businesses involve upskilling black women out of poverty so they can be more empowered in their career and life choices. She talks about the demand for black women to be part of the solution, the importance of including cultural context in education and the need for support from all organisations to make workplaces more inclusive. And she's using technology as a vehicle to do this. She's so inspiring. Have a listen. Hi, Oyin. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Jude. I really, really appreciate it. Um, I'm excited to have this conversation today. Me too. Absolutely. Can you tell us who you are and what your business is, please? So my name is Oyin Kosola Adebayo. Um, Most people know me as Oyin because it's the most, it's the easiest thing to say. So uh, my name is Oyin, Oyin Adebayo. Um, I run an amazing organisation a multifaceted one um, that uses innovative tools to economically empower black women. Why do I do this? I hate poverty, especially black female poverty. So I wanted to do something about it. Um, we're currently made up of two um, brands, two separate entities, um, Neo Network, which is turning into a charity, and then there's Neo Hair and Beauty. Neo Network is all about increasing the career prospects and the business prospects of Black women. Black women have so much buying power. I believe, like, you know, we contribute about £54 billion to the UK economy. So that means we're consumers. But I really want to make Black, I want to build Black women to become producers. Um, so we have, we've got a boot camp on the Neo Network, where we basically upskill black women to become software developers. And in the end, um, they get they get a job with one of our partner employers. Um, you know, so that's, that's what Neo Network does. We also run a lot of accelerator programs for disruptive entre- female entrepreneurs, as well as, um, you know, women who just want to succeed in their careers and who may be a non-techie as well. With Neo Hair and Beauty, that's really exciting. It's all about beauty looking good. Um, so um, we basically um, are one-stop shop um, for quality Afro hair and beauty. So we service over 350 clients across the Midlands um, who get their hair done. And they also can buy equipment, tools, hair products, um, and, um, and hair extensions in the comfort of their own home. And also learn how to do Afro hair and beauty styles at the comfort of their home. We don't just do this, you know, commercially. We make sure that the women that are engaged, the stylists that are engaged, would have come from underserved background. We train them up. And actually, at the end, they're now able to make more money. They can make from £100 to £800 a week um, from working on the new hair and beauty. So that's us in a nutshell. We're not restricted to these two brands, but that's kind of currently what our scope is at the moment. Well, and they're two vastly different brands, aren't they? But both of them 
are hugely underrepresented in the black community, aren't they? And so yeah. what I'm hearing is that you've, well, I don't know, how, how did you choose those two brands? I've got my own assumptions, but I want to hear how you did it. <laughs> so you know what, I actually started my entrepreneurship journey unknowingly at the age of seven. My dad, God bless his soul, he's passed away now, um, you know, um, was an estate manager and he was always got used to always getting to write contracts with him and at seven I would edit things I'll be an accountant I'll add things up for him and actually I also knew how to, I had a natural talent of knowing how to do hair so at that, at that young age I took my first client which is my sister at 14 and I did her hair and I quickly grew the clientele to about 100 people but a lot of my friends were like you do you you can plait my hair, but why are you not talking about it enough? So I started talking about it. And then actually it grew from hair. And then as an economist, so I have a master's in development economics. I'm very curious about solving world problems. So actually I looked at it and I was like, actually what I'm passionate about is poverty, specifically female poverty. And I realized that black women, by 2030, a lot of the jobs that black women are going to, are having right now will be eradicated by automation so I was like I need to do something about it um and that's kind of where my kind of um passion evolves now Mio Hair and Beauty is driven and um is um which is powered by technology um so is Mio Network um so you know um although they're different the, the, um, the, the two have very common interests because black women love hair and they also want to succeed so, so let's and, and I can see the there's an absolute link there and yeah and I just want to unpick it a little bit and mm -hmm. and talk about black hair and beauty to start with okay Be because it's a seriously underrepresented industry isn't it and yet mm -hmm. it's there's huge amounts of um money going into it yeah is it more expensive for a black woman to have her hair done? On average, yes. So, you know, if a black woman, a black woman will probably spend, and there's a statistic to say this, eight times more than an average white woman on her hair. Okay. Um, yet it's still not, it's still underrepresented. Um, as I said earlier on, one stylist could make between a hundred pounds and 800 pounds a week. Um, working in neo hair and beauty and that's not by working their butt off that's like by taking like a couple clients a week um so because there's a lot of science there's a lot of arts that goes into our our hair the prices are higher mm. and there's a lot of time as well that goes into into our hair so um the price is higher so there's a lot of opportunity there and i think um investors or um organizations who don't see this opportunity unfortunately are missing out um because there is quite a lot of money in it. And also I'm seeing there's a, I, I, I'm not even sure what my question is, but there's, there's something here around the cost of a black woman having her hair done versus mm. the challenge of poverty. What, what are your views around that? So <laughs> cost of women getting ahead of, that's a very interesting um, dynamic question. I think, um, to be true to you, um, a lot of why we invest, when, you, when I've done my research, a lot of why we invest so much in our hair is because we're only just getting educated about our natural hair. Um, a lot of times colonization and, um, you know, 
of the past has made us think, okay, this specific type of hair is more favorable than the other. So I'm wearing right now, I'm wearing a straight um, weave. Um, um, it's textured and stuff, but you know, this is more favorable than natural hair. But at the same time, with natural hair, natural hair products are expensive because there's, there's the, our hair is a lot more complex and it's still a very new concept. So we've not been able to develop things that make it, make it cost efficient and innovative. And that's the goal for us. We want, we want every black woman to be able to get to, to you know, um, to be able to afford, um, it, it should be affordable. Mm. Um, however, we- choice, isn't it? Sorry? It's about having choice. Yeah, choice, exactly. And I think right now, um, right now, in terms of the cho- in terms of choice that we've got, um, is is still there, but you know, um, it's it's a lot better than it was before. Um, um, but we could do a lot more better in te- a lot better in terms of like how we carry out our natural hair. So that's that's the first thing I think with with poverty, you know. Um, Poverty is very, it's not, it's not a one dimensional thing. I don't think, when I think about poverty, you could be, you could have a lot of money in the bank, but you could still be very poor because you still have a scarcity mindset. And also, um, also, you know, you could, you could think that your, your identity as a human being is linked to the things that you have. So for us, we want to be able to break the vicious cycle of poverty. Um, First of all, making sure that black women are financially included. Okay, um, making sure that the average black woman can earn the same way as an average um, white woman or an average white man, you know, that's the first thing. I think the second thing as well is also really breaking down those barriers that actually restrict us from moving forward, that scarcity mindset um, that, um, you know, and I'm, much, I'm sure it's not just black women that have this, but I, I know it's, a, it's very prevalent in our community, that scarcity mindset and also that, mind, that fixed mindset of, oh, I can't do this, or I can do this. We want to be able to expand and enlarge the coast of black women's minds that actually you are unstoppable, you can do it. Um, and actually we want to be able to give them the tools to be able to do that. Yeah, because if you're, and, and, and you're right, it, it's all, it is all women, but my guess is it's probably more prevalent in black women because if you're yeah. told repeatedly that you can't, then eventually you start to believe it. And black women have been told that more than women. Yeah. Yeah, and women exactly. are told that more than men so it, mm. you know it grows exponentially mm. I'm, I'm curious about you you said that um you're using uh technology and tools to um to expand the reach of the hair and beauty side of things tell, tell me more about that so at the moment we're building our mvp we have capacity to um so for those so- who don't don't know mvp is Okay, it's a minimum viable product. So this is how I like to put it. If you're dreaming to build a car, it's like an MVP is like having a scooter because a scooter gets you from A to B whilst the car still gets you from A to B, but it's a better, nicer, warmer yeah. <laughs> and good tool. So we're building that, that scooter version of our ideal. Um, so for us, we want to be able to service people across the globe. Um, we don't just have the, we don't have the mindset to just service people in Birmingham and Nottingham, you know, we want to go across the globe. It's actually, we may be the minority in, in the West, but we're actually not the minority in the world. Mm. Um, so we want to be able to service as many black people as possible across the world. Um, so we're using technology to be able to do that. Um, 
And we're not just using technology to make sure that we're more commercially available, but we want to use technology to make sure that more people get the help that they need. More people are empowered. Um, more people have more money in their pockets. My, one of my passions, I'm Nigerian of origin, um, you know, first generation migrant in the UK, British citizen and everything. But um, I see that when I go to Nigeria, there's so much talent. I did a, a, a mini project when I went back last time. And I just saw this is, is a natural talent for women to be able to do hair, even better than me sometimes. Um, and they're not getting the cash for it. You know, we exchange what we give, the value that we have for something, which is cash or, you know, in exchange, it, 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 that's just how the world works, works. But for some reason, a lot of these women didn't see the value of what they had. So I want to be able to empower more women to know, actually, this thing I have in my hand, I really believe that the talents, the gifts that are given to us by God should, should be exchanged for value, right? It should be exchanged for impact. And so... Um, I want to be able to put more money in the pockets of more women and therefore economically empower them and economically empower the communities and economically empower their nations. Because I think that's how, as a world, we can actually progress if there's more um, equality. So yeah, it's not just about commercially available, having be commercially available to everyone, but it's also about um, being social, making social impact in the lives of people. And I and I I love that because it's a it's a real passion of mine is how do we mm. how do we do business and how do we live and work in a way that is socially responsible that has a social impact because mm -hmm. we, we've got so many global issues mm. that actually we can use technology to create divides and often we do or we mm -hmm. can use technology to bring people together to empower them. Um, to enhance their lives, to grow their confidence and their self-belief yeah. and all of that. And, and that's what I'm hearing you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, let me come on to the NIO network. Yeah. Um, because I, I'm, I'm, um, I'm really curious about that because women are seriously underrepresented in software. Yeah. And, and black women in particular are seriously represented in, in that area as well. So... I'm really um, interested to know what you're doing and what drives you around, around that. Yeah. So, I mean, as I said earlier on, I looked at the, I, I did some research as an economist and I looked at, you know, the World Economic Forum 2030. And it said, this is, all these jobs are going to be replaced by these jobs. And I looked at black women's jobs. A lot of us are nurses. We work in the hospitality industry. A lot of us are HCAs, healthcare assistants. A lot of us, um, you know, um, work as cleaners. We, we do low-skilled jobs, okay? And I thought, this is a problem. <laughs> I want to break the vicious cycle of poverty. So therefore, I actually need to not ignore this. I actually have to do something about this. Um, I decided that, you know what? I'm going to start a coding course. I'm going to start a a coding bootcamp, um, but let's test it. Let's let's test the appetite. So we have a summit called the Beyond Hair Summit that we run every year. Um, we had it in the Millennium Point um, this February, just before the lockdown. Thank God, because <laughs> um, you know I didn't know until the lockdown coming. Um, and we did a coding class in collaboration with our partner organization, amazing partner organization, Coding Black Females, and. There was 40 women, there was about 350 women in this whole summit, but there was 40 women in this class. 
And everyone was like, we really want this. We want to do it again. And I was like, you know what? Let's do a boot camp. Let's do a six month boot camp. Let's test it. Let's see how it works. So we decided to do that. And um, then I thought, okay, let's launch it. We launched it and my gosh, the demand was crazy. Um, not just in Birmingham, by the way, we had, the, the, the course was funded for 40 women. We have 50 women on the course. We had over 300 applications from Birmingham alone. We had over a thousand interests across the world. People from, I, I literally just got an email now saying, when is this course starting again? From London, from Leeds, from UK, from Nigeria, from Pakistan, from South Africa, literally saying, this is such an amazing opportunity. Why is it such an amazing opportunity? It's a free course, free coding bootcamp. You know, black, any black woman can apply. And I thought, wow, there's the demand. So when people are saying the reason why women are not, black women are not in, in technology because they're not interested, I tell them no, because there is a demand there. Black women want to succeed. Black women want to be part of the change that the world is going through. We want to be, we want to be part of that, that, um, that, that solution. Um, and so that's kind of why I, I started it. Um, and I wanted to be able to break those barriers. Um, and I didn't want to just do an, another coding bootcamp because there's plenty of them out there, you know. Um, I could have just told the woman that, that, that are interested and said, okay, go, go to, you know, um, um, one of the coding bootcamps, Code Your Future, or go to um, School of Code. But I wanted to make a coding bootcamp that really, really put Black women at the center. So our course content um, would have cultural, um, has cultural, um, you know, um, annotations in, in it. Uh, um, we have something called the Empowerment Days that we run. Um, because they spend a lot of time coding, which is a very challenging thing for someone who doesn't know how to code, um, we actually get inspiring women, inspiring businesses to come and inspire them about their journey. We had someone called Effa Akumuyi, who, who runs an amazing company called Furnishful.com, which is a, it's a, it's an amazing furniture company um, that basically works with like lots, is a furniture retailer that works with lots of furniture companies across the world. And she told her story about being able to create, um, you know, a business from that. So having those types of women bring their stories forward and actually share their journey in, in technology helps to inspire these women to say that, yes, they can actually do it. Um, and I've been privileged, you know, and honored to be honest and humbled to say the least, um, to work with partner organizations like Google, um, like Apple, who want to champion what we're doing. Um, this is just a start where, you know, the bootcamp is not just in Birmingham. It's not gonna just be in Birmingham. We want to service as many black women as possible across the world, so yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm just astounded by what you're doing because it just, I just think, oh, thank goodness, somebody, <laughs> somebody's doing something about this because, you know, as, as somebody who, you know, I, I, my career was in technology before I ran my own business. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, I often say when I joined IBM in the early 90s, it was, it was an office of men mm -hmm. with, I could count on one hand how many women there were. Um, and and probably by the time I, I left, you know, it was it was massively changing. And IBM's a, a massive advocate of championing women and culture and um, and black and diversity and all of that mm. kind of thing. They're they're often at the forefront. And yet, if you do things in the old way, so even if you're an, a strong advocate of women, <laughs> if you continue to do things in a male way 
or you continue to do things in a dom dominant white way, mm. then you're going to continue to get to alienate people who will just say, well, I don't really fit. You know, I, I mm. was one of the one of the few that was willing to walk into an organization where I didn't fit because of my gender and I didn't fit, mm. fit because I had a French degree, not a maths degree. Mm. And I had no desire to do anything with technology. And I'm not sure why I was there in the first place. <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I was willing to not fit. But actually, that's not that's not the case for, for most people. And so if we don't see ourselves in something, then we don't we don't want to belong because it doesn't it doesn't suit our values and our beliefs and, and the way that we that we want to, to live and work. So like, I'm really I'm really curious about um like the fact that you're fulfilling this need that people are going yeah now I'm in now now mm. you're talking my language yeah and, and I'm curious about how else we do that in other parts of business so mm -hmm. that we become much more inclusive because what I'm hearing from you is you're using technology to empower to connect to to reach out to people who are not represented who don't feel like they have a voice, who don't feel connected to coding, but then suddenly you pop up and they're like, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> like, you know, it speaks volumes about you and your leadership, but also your mm. ability to make something relevant to, to, that, to, the, to the audience of black women. How, how do we expand this? I think you know what it is. So I'm not special. <laughs> I don't think I'm special, honestly. I think all that we've just done is speak their language, is know them, is understand them. Okay. If any if anyone wants to do something that I'm doing, that's that's the trick of the trade. I've just given you this trade secret. Um, <laughs> so that's all we've done. We just understood them. We've come. We've we've come to their level. We've understood why they're there. And actually, if any organization who, are, who may be listening to this wants, just as you said, as, um, as um, IBM, really passionate about wanting to be inclusive, really advocates for it, but they don't know how to, this is why we're here. We're here to be that bridge. We're here to be that bridge who can actually help you get black, black talent, amazing talent into your organization and also sustain them because we help that. We help that process. Um, I think that we can expand that. We can expand it by making sure that we are understanding we're having these un having uncomfortable conversations and we be okay to get it wrong if we if we if we are happy to consume black culture i.e black music if we if you play black music a black um, black music in in a, in a in a bar or a nightclub everyone will get themselves up and dance yeah right if we're okay to consume that and we love that we we, we love you know cultural food we should be okay to understand the people as well yeah and i'm and, and, and okay to include them as well so i understand that's hard and i'm happy to help facilitate any conversations that that we can have in terms of you know how that works i think you know as, as on, on top of that I, I don't want to i i was really i'm really um passionate about including all types of black women so not all black women want to be software developers no just like yourself, Jude, you like, you, you like, okay, I'm working in the tech industry, but I don't care about codes. I just, I just want to work in the tech industry. So we have black women who want to be successful, want to be successful career women and want to be part of the change, 
but they don't want to they don't want to code so um we are building an accelerator program right now where we um train black women who are non-techies to get into um tech organize technology driven organizations um um in different roles and actually you know be that bridge again for these organizations to actually bring them in we're also doing the same thing for um, disruptive black entrepreneurs who have amazing ideas uh, as well so if any organizations are really passionate about being involved with that we're happy to help facilitate that um we need support in that area because um you know we have the support for coding but we don't have support with that area but on top of that i think blueprints as well making sure that we're following those blueprints so um i know that marika beckford from um, the westminster combined authority has an amazing blueprint that she's put together in partnership with other amazing organizations about how to engage with diverse talent it's actually written all down um and equally as that i'm also working on a report right now um about black female experiences in careers in business just so that people just so that organizations can actually understand or be or be in that process of understanding the challenges that we've been through and 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 have more informed decisions about what to do better i don't believe that organizations are horrible or they on perp on purpose they don't want to be advocates but i also but i also believe that it's lack of information so that's kind of where i want to really help so yeah which is amazing and and i think you're right i think it's not that people don't want to it's that mm. um, i mean in some cases they don't so that's <laughs> well, it's not fine but that's in some cases they don't it's just what it is yeah yeah it just is what it is but for the in the majority of cases i think you're right i think there is a desire to but mm. people just don't know how mm. and and then people are fearful of letting go of what was Mm. to let something new emerge because they don't know what that looks like and and they feel like it becomes then uncontrollable and people mm. people have the desire to be in control and then suddenly you're not when you start to create change mm. um which is which a whole other conversation which is why I wrote my book <laughs> <laughs> um but it is you know it is a, a whole other conversation around change and uncertainty but um you you said that you're needing support what what support are you needing to to really take take this further i think i i'm really looking to work with more organizations who want to champion this um and actually want to commit 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 to making sure that diverse talent are in organizations but are included not just in but included because sometimes just as you said you know you were one of the one of the uh, few women who were was happy to be like that in organizations were included i've been in i've worked in organizations where i've been in there but i've not been included yeah. <laughs> i would say something in a meeting right about a solution a, a solution to a problem and it will be so ignored but then another man a, a white man would say the same thing and he'd get a round of applause so i really want to work with organizations who want to include black women um and to be honest the way we can do that is through financial support um you know making sure that we're working with organizations collaboratively to actually make this happen to build the lives of more young women young black women um and yeah like that's kind of how we want to do it so calling out on private and public sector organizations um who want to support in any way but you're not just supporting you're not just it's not a charity thing yeah. you are also it's an investment so you are 
um, also gaining by having diverse talents. Black women, the I mean, black women are the people group that I know that have gone through so much adversity, so much um, uncertainty, as you were saying earlier on, but still thrive, right? I can tell you, you know, so many stories about a black woman may have gone through something last night, but she still turns up at work in the morning and still comes through and still succeeds and she still delivers. So can you imagine that having that amount of resili resilience in your company in, an, in uncertain times actually will drive a lot of um, change and actually boost your bottom line. Not just that, as I said earlier on, black people, not just women, have buying power of over 57.4 billion pounds in the UK. So imagine having black members of staff, you, you'll be able to understand how to engage and understand that people group who have that buying power um, to actually increase your bottom line. So in a time right now where businesses are struggling, I think it's a given to be honest, um, you know, by including black people in your organization. So. Well, I think, I think it's, this is where um, technology, the economy and human rights and empowerment all come and social impact all come together again, isn't it? Because yeah. it's about empowering uh, the black community. It's mm -hmm. about human rights. Mm -hmm. And it's about the economy and for businesses, there's untapped potential there from an economic point of view. If they want to be callous about it, then they can do it from, for economic reasons or, <laughs> or hopefully they will do it because it's a socially responsible thing to do. It's, yeah. and it is about human rights and it is about gendering equality for, for, for everyone and to include the black community in that. So yeah. Oyen, it's been amazing to talk to you. I know we could talk forever on this topic. We're, we're just scratching the surface, really. Um, yeah. I wish you every success for your business. I, well, I don't think you need it from me because you're already successful and, and just completely smashing it. So keep doing what you're doing. It's having a massive impact. And you're a great, you're a great role model for both men and women, black or white or, or all colours. To, yeah. to just show that technology can change people's lives and be a force for good and have a massive social impact. Um, I think that's what this is all about. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. It's honestly been a pleasure. I've enjoyed this. I, I just thought, oh, is that the end? <laughs> I want to talk more, but yeah, thank you so much. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you. Well, I was totally inspired by that conversation with Oyin. She's one incredible lady, and I was struck by the need to make education and training culturally relevant so that black women feel they can belong. In addition to that, Odin is making technology interesting for black women all over the world, and this diversity is crucial to our future so that we include different voices and cultures in how we shape technology. I was blown away by the power of one black woman to shape the future. If you've been inspired by Oyin as much as I have, please reach out to her and start the conversation for your organisation about how black women can be empowered, included and heard. But also consider how do you ensure that the technology that we create today for the future of how we live and work includes cultural relevance for black women. That's it for this week. You've been listening to Innovating Humanity, the official podcast for Birmingham Tech Week. I'm Jude Jennison, host of the podcast and founder of Leaders by Nature, a leadership and team development company. 
I hope you've been as inspired by this week's guest as I have. If you'd like to know more about how I help leaders and teams be more human in a world of technology, you may be surprised to discover I do it by working in a field with a herd of horses. Sound crazy? All innovation's crazy in the beginning. So if you like to think outside of the box and get rapid results, you can find out more at www.judegenison.com. And if you'd like to find out more about the exciting technology scene in Birmingham, hop onto the Birmingham Tech website at www.birminghamtechweek.com. Until next time, that's it from me, Jude Jennison, the official podcast partner for Birmingham Tech. Thank you.